Welcome back, friends. It's TJ, the weirdo with a beardo from Wings 93, with more stories of true crimes and unsolved mysteries, with True Crime Tuesday number 71, The Watcher. In June of 2014, the Broadus family, Maria, Derek, and their three children, moved into a new home at 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey, an affluent suburb of New York City. The house was the family's dream home, a stately $1.3 million, 3,900-square-foot home with six bedrooms built in 1905, situated in one of the, quote, safest cities in the U.S., about 45 minutes from the heart of the Big Apple, and just a few blocks away from the house where Maria grew up. And as peaceful and serene as the community was, it wasn't without its own set of horrors throughout history, including an incident in 1970 when a man named John List murdered his wife, mother, and three children at their home in Westfield. But several days after the closing of their home, the Broadus family received a mysterious letter in their mailbox. It was addressed simply to, quote, the new owner, in crude handwriting, and contained no return address. The letter was typed, and it read, Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call you with its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I've been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I'm in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I'm in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. The letter also mentions specific details about the family's children, saying, You have children. I've seen them. So far, I think there are three that I've counted. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for your growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call them and draw them to me. The letter was signed in cursive, simply, The Watcher. Now, obviously, the Broadus family was startled and unnerved. So they reached out to the home's previous owners, John and Andrea Woods, who said they'd never received such a letter until several days before they were getting ready to move out of the home. They also said in the 23 years they lived there, they'd never felt watched and rarely even felt it necessary to lock their doors at night. But both families took their letters to the local police, who instructed them not to share the information with anyone else, including the new neighbors, who were now all suspects in the investigation. Several weeks went by and the family still hadn't moved into the house over growing concerns of being watched. When a second letter arrived, this one more chilling than the first. It mentioned Maria, Derek, and their three children by name. It also mentioned the renovations being done to the home, saying, The workers have been busy, and I've been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster's a nice touch. Have they found what's in the walls yet? In time, they will. It went on to say, 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It's been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of this house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood be playing in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? 
I would be very afraid if I were them. It's far away from the rest of the house, and if you were upstairs, you'd never hear them scream. It also asked, Will the children sleep in the attic, or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It'll help me to know who's in which bedroom. Then, I can plan better. The letter also referenced an art easel that one of the children set up on the porch, which was only visible from the side or rear of the house, meaning whoever noticed it and was watching was extremely close. Soon after receiving the second letter, the family put their move-in plans indefinitely on hold, which prompted yet another letter from the watcher saying, Where have you gone to? 657 Boulevard is missing you. By the end of 2014, police still had no suspects and no leads. There were no fingerprints and no way to place anybody at the home to deliver the strange letters. And the case stalled out. The only evidence police managed to find was a DNA sample from one of the envelopes that indicated a woman had licked the envelope to seal it shut, but the DNA didn't match anyone they had tested. Soon after, Derek Broaddus thought he made a breakthrough after talking to one of the neighbors during a summertime cookout. The neighbor told Derek about the Langford house next door. The family had lived there since the 1960s. The father, Richard Langford, had died 12 years prior, and his widow, Peggy, was in her 90s, but still lived with her adult children, who were all in their 60s by this point. The family was very strange, but generally harmless, although the youngest Langford, Michael, was considered a suspect for a short time. Being desperate for answers, Derek Broaddus began his own investigation, recruiting a string of investigators, including the real-life FBI agent who inspired the character of Clarice Starling in Silence of the Lambs, but no concrete evidence or answers of any kind were ever found. A security firm was even hired to match handwriting on the envelopes, but no connections were made. Derek even set up a series of webcams inside the home and spent several nights crouched in the dark waiting to see if anyone had been watching the house. And after considerable time, effort, financial resources, and many a sleepless night, there were still no answers and no clues as to who the true identity of the watcher might be. After the news of the disturbing letters went public, even the mayor of Westfield, Andy Skibitsky, claimed the watcher hadn't been heard from in quite some time. And even though police had never solved the case, their investigation was, quote, exhaustive which was a shock to the local community members, who said they'd never even been questioned by police. So how could a search be so exhaustive when authorities hadn't even talked to everyone in the neighborhood? Regardless, in late 2014, six months after the arrival of the first letter, the Broaddus family decided to put the home back on the market. But it would be several years before the house sold, and the Broadduses even considered tearing down the structure. But not before another letter from the watcher arrived threatening revenge if they harmed the house, saying, maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, maybe something as simple and mild as an illness that never seems to go away, but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day, maybe the mysterious death of a pet, loved ones suddenly die, planes and cars and bicycles crash, bones break. The Broaddus family eventually sold the house in 2019 taking over a $440,000 loss. But it also meant that the family was free of the threatening letters and the prying eyes of someone known only as the Watcher, who has still, to this day, never been found. And that is this week's True Crime Tuesday, episode number 71. Join me each week for more true crimes and unsolved mysteries. 
We'll see you next time.